Come just lift your hands in His presence. Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, fill this place. I don't want to move any further without you, Holy Spirit. Yes. I'm not going to preach, not going to do nothing without your presence, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, touch your people. Fill this house. Unless your presence goes with us. Holy Spirit, welcome. Come on, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Only eyes for you. Come on, make room for the Holy Spirit in your life. Make room for Him this morning. Come on, make room for Him this morning. Sometimes so many things can cloud our mind and cloud our heart. Worried about the challenges we're facing. Maybe experience some disappointments or setbacks. Or Allow the Holy Spirit just to come and take His rightful place in your heart this morning. Don't worry about the person next to you. It's between you and the Lord. Holy Ghost, move in this place. Move in our hearts today. Come on, Jenny, play. Come on, prophet, worship on that instrument. Worshiping before, um, I, honestly, I, I speak with all sincerity. Uh, and what I felt with the Holy Spirit, and um, 
I saw you preaching, and, and, and I'm sure I've spoken this over your life before, but I, I saw you preaching, um, and, and I saw you moving in the gift of healing. And my encouragement for you today, and also for, for Rocky as well, that the Lord has uh, seen your faithfulness, that the Lord has seen your generosity that no one else has, has seen. And the Lord's going to do something powerful in your life over the next, I believe, in the next year. And one of the things I saw you, I did see you preaching in front of a large crowd of people. My interpretation of that would mean this, that the Lord is going to send you on the mission field next year, either with myself or Pastor Mike somewhere. And I saw a lot of dark faces. So, And I saw you preaching boldly. I saw you, uh, and, I, and I saw a line of people giving testimonies of miracles of healing after you've preached. Your life will change dramatically after that moment, even for you too, Rocky. The Lord has seen your kindness of heart and your generous of spirit. The Lord wants to bless your life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Darren, I was just praying. For, where's Darren? There you are, Darren. Darren, I just sense as I was praying last night and this morning, I had your name in my heart and I felt the word suddenly. And the Lord has kept you for a season. You know that, and I know that. But the, the word I got for you was this, suddenly. It's, it's, it's like and, and there's going to be a season ahead of you in the not-too-distant future, I would say, in the next year, that there's going to be a sudden outpouring. There's going to be a sudden breaking forth of opportunity for you. There'll be a sudden breaking forth. There'll be, the word I feel is this, expect the unexpected. There'll be things suddenly shift inside of your life. The Lord has seen your faithfulness. The Lord has seen, um, as you've walked with Him in the journey of your heart, there's going to be a breaking forth. The word I've got for you is suddenly. Expect sudden shifts. Expect sudden shifts in your heart, sudden shifts in your life in the year ahead. Father, let your presence come over his life. Father, I thank you today that you have called him as a pastor. I thank you today for the ministry that you've entrusted to him, that you've prepared him for. Father, I pray today, Lord, that your presence would move powerfully in and around his life. I thank you today that you have even gone before him and are preparing the ground, that you are preparing hearts today in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, let your presence, let your love pour out over his life today in the name of Jesus. Touch him, Holy Spirit. Touch him, Holy Spirit. Denise, I don't know where you are this morning, Denise, but I've had uh, the the word Denise, the name Denise on my heart for the last week. And I also have the number 12 associated with that, with that, with, with that name. Denise, I believe that this, I believe this, that the Lord wants to move powerfully on your life. And only you know what, I'm, what this means. But what I sense it means is this, that around the age of 12, something happened in your life. And the Lord is going to start to revisit and bring healing inside of your life. Lord wants you to know He loves you. He loves you deeply. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be afraid. Don't let your heart be afraid. Allow the Lord to work in your life because as you start to allow Him to touch your heart, it is going to touch the rest of your family. Lord, I thank you today that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that when we walk through fire, that we are not alone, Lord, that your presence is with us. Friends, if you're here this morning and you are walking through a battle, if you're facing a battle, I'm here to prophesy into your life that the battle is not over yet. 
I prophesy strength into your life today. I prophesy peace inside of your heart today in the name of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. All God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. I can't hear you. All God's people said. All right. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. We want to bless the Lord with our finances this morning. Hello. We want to bless the Lord with our finances this morning. When we, when we tithe, when we give offerings to the Lord, it is a statement of faith. We know that. But I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you are, whatever you are facing in your life this morning, whatever battle, whatever financial battle you're facing, whatever battle you are facing today, I want to encourage you, as you hold your tithes, as you hold your offering this morning, let it be a declaration and a statement of faith that says, Lord, it doesn't matter what I am experiencing or walking through right now, this today is a sign of my gratitude and my trust in you. Are we preparing our hearts to give this morning? Come on, let's give to the Lord this morning. Father, I thank you today for your blessing over our lives. Father, we thank you for this offering. Father, we bring it before you as a, as a declaration of our faith in you and our trust in you, Lord. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that you will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing upon every household, part every life here today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, yes. come on, all God's people said, yes. all right. Have a seat. Pastor Kate, come on up. Mark, is that, is that you? It is too. It's my brother-in-law. Welcome. Good to have you here. Got a, got a big clap. That's a big clap. Come on, welcome. Great to have you back. Welcome home. Welcome home. Some cool things happening in the church, huh? There's some great things happening. We've got a gold medalist here. We have. I just saw Joel down the back here. This young man here is uh, representing New Zealand just a couple of weeks ago in rowing and came back with two golds. Is that right? Not one, but two. Come on. New Zealand champion. 
He's open for arm wrestle competitions as well if you want to go and have a go. And t- talk to me about um, what's happening in prayer in the church at the moment. Okay, so there's some, there's some really exciting things happening in prayer. So Jenny Galbraith, she runs our prayer. She oversights our whole prayer ministry. But recently, uh, we had a, a guest ministry here, Apostle Patty Valenzuela from um, El Paso in Texas. And uh, she really ignited something, a fire in prayer. And uh, so what we've started is prayer shifts. And what they are is people are gathering in twos all through the week and they're praying for specific things. They're praying for our Sunday service. They're all praying for the same things. They're praying for Sunday. They're praying for an increase of the outpouring of the Spirit in in our Sundays. They're praying for souls for our city. They're praying for you every Sunday that when you come here, that God would do something new in your life. And so what's really exciting is it's starting to catch fire. And there's people all over the place. There's hours and hours of prayer shifts going on. And uh, you will be able to feel and experience the shift in the church because of the prayer. Come on. Because of prayer. Prayer is the thing that undergirds yes, everything. What's really, really exciting is a whole lot of our teenagers are praying every Saturday for you. They're getting together. How do you, what other place do you hear of that teenagers are praying every, on the hour, every hour, Come on. right through a Saturday, every Saturday, not just one Saturday, but every Saturday. And then they message and then they say, shift Come on, up. you warriors. All of these young people, they're up there, they're everywhere, they're serving all over the building. And every hour we get a message to say, shift up shift done and we've got young people we've got adults we've got people all over the place that are praying but uh, last Saturday one of our young people messaged in and said this is what I believe God is going to do he's just Holy Spirit just showed me what he's going to do in the service and that was last week who was that that was Elijah Brown Elijah Brown where are you Elijah come on man great young man and then after he finished his shift he messaged in and he said my shift's finished but I'm staying in the presence this is our young people. You want, um, we, we want to see God move, amen? amen. We want to see God. It's going to take you and I to stand up and say, I'm going to be part of this. Yes. I'm going to start to pray. I'm going to start to get hungry. I'm not going to live under containment. I'm going to live by the presence of God. And we've got young people and adults. I want to thank you. We want to thank you. Yes. We want to thank you for what you're doing. Our, our pre-service prayer meeting now is up in the lounge, and it's 9 till 9.50. And you can come anytime you want during that time. But we are praying for the presence of God. We're praying for increase. We're praying for multiplication. Amen. Also want to honor another couple here, uh, John and Vic. Um, yeah, we're, oh, there they are. Oh, there's John. Vic is already serving out in kids, I think, this morning. Talk to me about what, what's happened there. John, do you want to stand up just for one minute so everybody knows who you are? This is John. And he's Tana got a, umanga lookalike. And he's got a beautiful wife, Victoria, and uh, their little girls in our preschool. But um, they've been in our church just a few months, and they came to us and they said, you know what, we want to serve. And uh, they said, do you have anyone that serves your volunteers first thing in the morning? We said, no, we've never, never done that. And they said, well, we'd like to put on breakfast for all the people that turn up here really early in the morning. And, uh, and that's what they do. And they fund it themselves. They said, no, we want to do this as a blessing. We want to, so they come from Napier with their children, their little kids. And they come in and they serve all our volunteers. Some of our volunteers arrive here at 7.30 in the morning. And, uh, and so we're so grateful to them. But we've never had this before. So we want to bless you, John yeah. and Victoria. We just, it's Thank such you so a much. And, uh, come on, put it together. This is just amazing people. And it's, ju- it's just for the volunteers. And so if you want to join a team... 
you get to experience. It's not just toast. I'm telling you, there were croissants this morning. There is everything you can think of. It's awesome. The Lord is good. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Just one more thing. Is that right? We've got just, I know we just mentioned Elijah, but you know what? We've got other young people that are just standing up, making declarations, just paying their own way so that they can, they can do prayer shifts, that they can ring each other. So they sit on phones and they just pray and they pray and they pray. And I want to acknowledge all of them today. Yeah. I want to acknowledge each one of them because they're paying a price because they want to see God move. And uh, it's just phenomenal to see young people that have caught a fire for God. They're clean and they are pure and they are going after one thing and that is the presence of God. So we need to encourage our young people, amen. They are leading the way. Young people, salute you. Come on, put it together for our young people. I am so looking forward to taking so many of you away and... uh, you guys are going to be totally challenged, and, uh, and the future is so good. Amen? And thank you, worship team. Really appreciate your ministry this morning. Thank you so much, Jenny. You're just outstanding. Really are. I want to, uh, just want to share with you this morning something I started last week. Um, there are times when I feel the Lord speaks to me out of Scripture, um, and he doesn't, sometimes He doesn't let me go off it. Uh, one of the times I felt that way is when uh, I was preaching in Al-Qaeda territory in Pakistan, and I felt the Lord put a scripture on my heart about my future here, and um, I just couldn't shake it, and that's why I'm here and not going to America or any other places, is because I felt God speak to me through scripture, and uh, I feel at the same time that same sense in my spirit, and that's why I want to come and just, I, I want to share and minister to you to this morning over that and we're going to pick up from where we started last Sunday uh, in Numbers chapter 10. Are you with me this morning? Hello. Let's go through. And it says in, from Numbers chapter 10, verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two trumpets of silver, and you shall make them of hammered work. Somebody say hammered work. And you shall use them to summon the congregation, or to call the congregation, and to have the camps move out. Where both, when both are blown, all the congregation, that is everyone, shall gather before you at the tent, doorway at the tent of meeting. However, if a single trumpet is blown, then the leaders and the heads of the tribes of Israel shall gather to you. And when you start to blow the different sounds, I'm just going to breathe you out just quickly. And when you blow this sound, the camps on this side will start to move. And when you blow this sound, this camps on this start place will start to move. And show, so shall, they shall move and they shall advance. And it goes on to say in verse 8, The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and the trumpet shall be for you for a perpetual statute throughout your generations. In other words, this uh, sound of the trumpet, this trumpet, shall be a perpetual, if you... If you just to explain what that word means, it means, it means just to carry on, to keep going. In other words, this uh, symbol or this action is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. In other words, as far into the future as you can see and even beyond that, you just keep doing this. Don't stop it. Unfortunately, what happens is some people can take, take that and use that as a, and get all religious over it without actually truly understanding the meaning behind it. 
what I want to do this morning is help unpack the true, uh, one of the truths around that uh, so you can apply that to your life. Because I don't know about you, but give me a trumpet, I can't play it. I might get a squeak or a squawk out of it. I can't even play a chauffeur. I've tried, got a didgeridoo at home. But it certainly is not going to shift anything apart from annoy the neighbor's dogs. <laughs> so I want this to become a truth that you can apply into your life today. So he says, The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and the trumpets shall be for you as a perpetual statute throughout your generations. And this is the verse I found this morning. I've had on my heart over this last little while that I want to bring out to you this morning. And it says in verse 9, And when you go to war, somebody say go to war. When you go to war in your own land against an enemy that oppresses you, then sound an alarm with the trumpets so that you may be remembered before your, the Lord your God and that he shall come and fight on your behalf. Some people sitting there with their arms folded. Come on. Whenever, when you go to war, when you go to battle against an enemy who oppresses you. Sound the alarm because when you do this, that the Lord will remember you and come and fight on your behalf. Whatever you are facing today, I am praying today and I want to encourage you and inspire you that there is something that you can do that causes the Lord to arise from his seat of glory and intervene on your behalf. Hello? Man, I can hear people on the, on the internet starting to jump up on their seats and preach. Also in the day of rejoicing and in your appointed feasts and at the beginning of your months, you shall sound the trumpet over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifice of your peace offerings and they shall be as a reminder of you before your God. I am the Lord your God. I love this. When you go to war against an enemy who oppresses you, you look at the words that says, it says, it doesn't say if you go to war. It says when you go to war. When you go to war. All of us, at some point in our life, young people, old people, doesn't really matter. All of us, to a certain degree, accord to a degree of spiritual warfare. Every one of us, you will have a battle to fight. You may be fighting a battle right now. You may be fighting a battle in your marriage. You might be fighting a battle with a loved one. You might be fighting a battle for your destiny. Whatever Wherever you are, you will find that at some point, you will have to fight somewhere for what God has for you. Somebody think, oh, I don't know. <laughs> when you go to battle, there is no doubt that you as an individual and us collectively will go into battle to one, obtain what God has for us. Then to two, to retain what we have claimed. 
never be mistaken that we can avoid battle in some way. We can't. It's not in our nature as Christians. It's not in our nature. It's not part of our faith. All through the Bible, even Paul says, fight ye the good faith. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that, one, oppress people and stand in the way of people's destiny. Wherever you are in your walk of faith right now, and wherever God has called you to be, in the middle of that, you've got a fight on your hands. For us collectively as a church, when we start to gain territory, when we start to do things and see things and experience that we haven't experienced before, for us to grow to beyond a thousand people, you may think, well, that's numbers. No, it's not just numbers. It is a mighty and powerful church. We can do more together, bigger than we can do at one alone. The goal of building a big and a large church is not to flash our flag. It's not about that at all. It is to say the Lord God is moving in this place. We can do more together. Somewhere, but wherever you are, wherever we are right now, wherever God has for us, there will be a battle. We don't just go from where we are to there without some sort of a scrap going on. I love what pa- Pastor, Apostle Patty Valenzuela said. Talked about going from glory to glory. I'm not quite sure whether she mentioned it in this meeting or another one. But she, she talked about it's the, the two between the two glories. There's a conflict that's got to take place. I was, I was with uh, Apostle Brian Tamaki the other, the other week. And he was preaching on uh, Jacob. And how Jacob started to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. The problem is, he said, for a lot of people, they get stuck and they're continuing to prosper because in between that, there's a conflict that you've got to fight. He also preached about David, where between where David was and when he had received the anointing and, and what he had to go through, right in the middle of there, there was a Goliath. At some point, you and I are in a spiritual conflict. And I believe today that there are people here right now and you are in a spiritual conflict whether you know it or not. And the conflict is not just to give you a hard time. I believe this. For many times, the conflict, the spiritual conflict that we come up against, the spiritual battle that we, that we have to face is for the destiny that God has for your life. Hello. Let me ask you this question. Many of us are aware, are aware or conscious of where we are now. But have you given thought to the fullness of what God has for you in this life in the years ahead? What has he called you to? I love, what, again, what Apostle Brian was talking about. and He, he, was, talk, he was sharing his testimony uh, about how he was a, a broke-down forestry worker and he, asked this, he, he, he said these great words. He said, whoever thought that inside this broken boy would be a bishop, that would be an apostle, whoever thought that inside of this man here, inside of my heart, would have been a voice that causes controversy through the whole of the nation? The question is, and he said these words, he said, he said it was never something that came on me. He said it was already in me. It just needed to be stripped away, and I had to fight some battles. My challenge to us today is this, that the fullness of what God has for you, 
the fullness of what God has for me, what he has for us collectively, it's not so far off that it's going to take a special person or a special pastor or something magical to happen for it to come. It's not going to happen that way. Moses said this. He said, it's not across the ocean. He said, it is in your heart. The fullness of what God has for you as a businessman, as a father, as a grandfather, as an apostle, as a musician, as a, uh, as a missionary, everything, the fullness that God has for you, it is already inside of you. <laughs> In other words, all of us live at a, a degree of living where we are right now, a degree of influence, a sphere of influence. But for us to move past that, for us to think that it's just going to come upon us and all of a sudden we are going to jump from here over to there without any kind of conflict is fantasy thinking. As much as the Lord loves us, and at the end of the day, we're going to be in for a scrap. It's going to be a scrap to build a big church. It's going to be a scrap for you to become into the fullness of what God has for you. You're going to face a conflict, and I know that there is people facing conflicts right now, and the conflict is over your destiny. And if you just could see what God has for you, like, like he said to, to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I set you apart and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. In the womb, he was already a prophet. He just had to go through some stuff. Jacob had it. David had it. Jesus had it. Jesus had to go to a, through a conflict. The road to the cross is not an easy road. The Bible says that he, he asked, he pleaded, is there any other way that we can go about this, Father? No. At some point, you've got to walk through some battles alone. At some point, we have to follow Jesus Christ and take up our cross. At some point, you and I have to, have to war against principalities and powers that come to rob us of our destinies. Some people think, I'm not quite sure about that. It's worth it. It's worth it. Victory is worth it. I mean, you, you ask Joel if it was worth putting all those hours into getting that gold medal. <laughs> it was worth it. And there is so much more that God has for us. When you go to war in your own life, not if, when you go, he goes, and he goes to say, when you go to war in your own land against an enemy that oppresses you, I love this. When you go to war in your own land, before they had even inherited it, before they had already got to it, the Lord said, I have already ordained it that it is yours. It is your land. When it speaks about your land, it speaks about your territory, your sphere of influence. I want to tell you today, if you are a mother and a father and you are contesting for a son or for a daughter, I want to say that is your land. You're contesting for a destiny. You're contesting for a health. You're contesting for a dream. You are contesting for something. You are up against an adversary right now. But beyond that, there is something great for you. 
there is something great for us. It is your land. The, the idea of, of your own land simply means that, that we got to have a sense of ownership of it. It's one thing to come and attend a church. It's another thing to own the church, to say, no, this is my family. This is my house. I am part of this family. This is our territory. It's not a, it's not a, I'm not just camping here for a little while. My goodness, my, not just visiting here. It's our land. It's our future together. It's when we have a sense of ownership about what God has for us. You start to respond and start to treat it with a whole new different way of handling it. When you have the attitude of, this is our church, not just Pastor Dave's church. No, this is our family. What matters to, I'm not here just renting space. I'm not, I got a, I'm not just renting a chair that I can just come and check out when I, no, no, no. This is my place. This is our place together. This is our city. This is our future. This is our destiny. Your destiny is my destiny. I am walking with you to help you see it fulfilled. It's not your problem. It is our problem. Hello? Interesting thing about the Jewish faith is this. You, you consider how wide the Jewish faith. There are people from many different countries that identify themselves as of the Jewish faith. One of the things that is common to the Jewish people is this, that regardless of your stature in life, where you are, it doesn't matter whether you are a Jew from this country or from that country, regardless, we are all in this together. And the, and the, and the, the common underlying um, uh, value is that we're always family. It doesn't matter whether I know you or don't know you. If I see you in distress, it is my obligation to lift you up. When I see you in trouble, it is my obligation to fight with you. When I see you down, it is my obligation. Why? Because we are family. It's a sense of ours. It's not a sense of... It's the spaces in our lives that God has called us to live. Everything that he has for us, for you... It is already in you. It is already here. Think about that. The fullness of what God has for us, it's here amongst us. It's in you. But there is a fight. There's a, there's a contest to get it. The word oppressing simply means this, holding you down or to restrict. There is an enemy that will come to oppress and to constrict us. There will be an enemy that will come, and the enemy will come in many different ways. And for me personally, for Kate and I, we go to war every day. I love the movie Behind Enemy Lines. I don't know if, if, if you've ever seen that. Uh, but it's about an elite troop that gets caught behind enemy lines. They got trapped. And they really got trapped. They had nowhere to go, and they started to get picked off. And one of the, things, one of the statements one of the soldiers made he said, we are never out of the fight. One of this guy here, he was beaten up, and he, was, he had bullet holes all the way through him. He could barely drag himself. It's based on a true story. But he, 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 got, he spoke out, we are never out of this fight. We're never out of this fight. We're not going to just hightail it and run. We are never out of this fight. You've got to, friends, we've got to understand, as much as we can enjoy the presence of God and things like that, and, and, and in all sincerity, I, I, I do that. But there is a fight, there's a contest that needs to take place for us to keep this atmosphere open. 
for many people, you come and you enjoy the benefit of somebody else's fight. It's not till you go and try and pastor a church by yourself that you start to realize, oh, oi. Must have been somebody else fighting somewhere. Absolutely, my friend. Every Sunday when I come here, I face a battle. I face a battle internally. I face a battle in the spirit. Every day, and it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. I will fight this battle for every day of my life. Why? Because I believe in what God has put in us and what God has put in me. It's worth it when I see young people starting to pray. Oh, man, I feel, I just, tears well up inside of my heart because this fight is not for nothing. People are turning up. People are coming in faith, not just dragging the heels in. People are coming expecting for God to move. People are just coming in ready for a fight, ready to open up the atmosphere. I want to tell you this. You ask any pastor in this region what it takes to, to keep an atmosphere open. There is a fight that, 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 that has to take place for it to happen, for it to, for it to remain open. And I want to encourage you, the struggle is real. <laughs> Somebody say the struggle is real. <laughs> I'm not talking about iPhones just breaking down or anything like that. So I'm talking about the struggle is real. You have, I have got to fight some days. But it's worth it. Sound, he says, sound a blast on the trumpets, on the silver trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord. The Lord promises that his people will be remembered by him at the sounding of the trumpet blast. So the question I have for myself was this. What kind of sound do I need to make? How does this reflect in my heart today? Interesting, the silver trumpets were used as a memorial for remembrance by the Lord. It's quite different from the ram's horn or the shofar. You see, the shofar gets blown around in different places. The shofar was used as a, a sound of celebration, but the sound of the silver trumpet was for a different purpose. It's important that we understand the symbolism here. For us today, I personally don't go and blow a trumpet. I know there are people that blow shofars, but the, let me understand, let me just speak straight on this. The fact that you are blowing a shofar or a trumpet physically has no effect at all. Boom. I've seen people blow shofars and nothing shifted. Why? Because it's a symbolism. Let me try, you can, you can blow a shofar physically or you can blow a trumpet and nothing have nothing shift inside of your life. The reason is it becomes a religious act. For us today, there is, and I believe this, I don't believe, in, in, unless the Lord specifically says so, but for many times, I believe that people try and do things in order to create or get a, a reaction from the Lord, but actually, there was nothing inherently powerful in that sound at all. Let me tell you how, how to get a powerful sound, I believe, is this. The blowing of the trumpet, or the blowing of the shofar, in this particular case, the blowing of the trumpet is an act of faith. 
There is nothing inherently powerful in that, in, in the sound of the trumpet itself, although it symbolizes something else. What does it symbolize? It's actually a sound of faith. Let me show you how, how to unpack it here. The question for us today is how do we, or what acts of faith can we do today, now, to cause the Lord to remember us in our day of battle? Bearing in mind that I can't play a trumpet for Jack. <laughs> I can't, the only thing I can play is the spoons. I can play the silver spoons and I can play the drums. But how do I make a sound? Or what kind of a sound? What act of faith can I make now in my life, in this place today, that would cause the Lord to remember me? I don't know about you, but I want that. If I can't play the trumpet, then there's got to be something else behind the trumpet sound that causes the Lord to arise in his place. And so that's my boy, I'm coming to help him. That's my girl, I'm coming to help her. And just when I come back and look at the, the way that the, 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 the trumpets were made, the Bible says that they use the, or make a silver trumpet, the Bible says, of hammer, hammered work. And I, I started, to talk, uh, started to speak a little bit about this last week. A silver trumpet, when you see the word silver, it symbolizes something. And I believe this, and, and just going to keep it real brief for you. I believe this. Silver represents purity. It represents something that has been refined in fire. I believe this. The silver component of the silver trumpet is a heart who fears the Lord, who walks in repentance and is willing to change the way we think and the way that we, we, we live our life. It is a heart that walks in faith. It is a heart that walks in purity. That's what the silver component is. I can tell you this. The silver will become really shiny in your life when you allow the Lord to purify your heart. When you allow the Lord to speak into your heart, when you come before the Lord in your day of battle and drop to your knees and say, Lord, I need your grace upon my life. Lord, I repent of the things in my heart. I repent of my hardness of heart. I repent of my sinful reactions. I repent. That, my friend, is why we are running this heart course. It's not just a good idea. <laughs> a good idea is to go fishing. But when we, run a pro or when we run a course like this, I believe this in all sincerity. It is the Lord wanting to clean and purify our hearts. It is the Lord wanting to heal our hearts because when you allow the Lord to come and to heal your heart and to, to flush up the things in your life that you've been struggling with, that is a work of silver. A heart who's, who fears the Lord. And the trumpet, interestingly, I looked up the, the, what a trumpet is. It means to clap, but there are three ingredients or three things that requires to make a trumpet noise. Anyone know what they are? Let me tell you. One is breath. The second one is lips. The third one is a tongue. Hello. 
Interesting that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So somebody can stand up and blow a physical trumpet, but actually inside of their heart, they're full of religion. But somebody whose heart has been brought to their knees before the Lord and allowed the Lord to heal and restore the brokenness. And the one that watches over their tongue. See, the trumpet only works by breath, lips, and a tongue. I'm just going to conclude with, uh, with this scripture here, and it's in Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. In verse 16. And then those who feared the Lord with an awe-filled reverence spoke to one another, and the Lord paid attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who fear the Lord with an attitude of reverence and respect and those who esteem his name. How then can I, what can I do, what can we do collectively that would cause the Lord to remember us in our day of battle? What can we do? What can you do? The answer, I believe, is right there. Those who feared the Lord. Those who feared the Lord. Those that in their heart honored His presence, honored His prophets, honored the people that He brought into their life to shape and to speak. Honor. When we honor people, when we honor those that God places over us, when we allow our hearts to be shaped, when we allow our hearts to be molded, when we commit ourselves to fulfilling this course, when we fulfill ourselves, not just going through a program for the sake of a program's sake, but recognize that there's something more inherently powerful in that, that God is wanting to do a greater work to restore us and to heal us, to refine us like silver. For those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Interesting. It wasn't necessarily in the words that they spoke to the Lord. He said, it's the words that they spoke to one another. One, at least they were talking. (laughs) Obviously, a sense of fellowship in the place. You're not talking to one another if you're, there's no fellowship there. But the words that they spoke one to another. My question is this. I wonder it says here the Lord paid attention and heard it. In other words, he was listening in on the conversations that were taking place amongst his people. Ooh. And it also says that he, he recorded those conversations that took place. Oh. He paid attention and he heard what was spoken between the people. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and those who esteemed or lifted up his name. 
It's the things, it's the conversations that we have in secret. It's the conversations that we have or enter into. The Lord's always listening. You can come here and lift your hands and blow your trumpet, so to speak. But the conversations that are happening over here are causing destruction. Or we can have conversations that inspire and encourage one another. What's the Lord doing in your heart? We can have conversations that are transparent. We can have conversations that are faith building. We can have conversations that are are talking about ideas, not pulling people down. Not bitching and moaning about what somebody should or shouldn't have done, for goodness sake. There's enough of that Kiwi attitude. I tell you, let me, talk, let me tell you just briefly how the spirit world operates. When I was in, um, apologies for my language, but I want to get a point across. When I was doing my study tour, I went to uh, IBM Research Center. And when I went to the IBM Research Center, they, 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 they showed us this great big computer called Watson. And what it does, and essentially it does this. One of the things it does, it is able to read social media posts. Not only can it read it, but it can also understand the sentiments. In other words, if you are angry about something and you put it on social media, it can recognize that that's an angry word and it can understand what you are, where you are, what you're feeling and what you're feeling about and what kind of words that you've used. Then what it does, it builds a profile of you. I saw it with my own eyes. I've even got it recorded. I said, can I record this? And they said, yeah, you can record it. And it starts to build a profile of what type of person that you are. This happened about six years ago. And the spirit realm operates in the same way. They can work out, and that's why they can target their marketing specifically towards your needs and your desires. That's why your, your phones now will automatically pick up without you even recognizing. If you can have a secret conversation and your phone will pick it up, the first person to know about what's going on inside of your life is Google, for most people. It picks up the conversations and then it targets marketing, it targets forces towards you. In the same way, the spirit realm operates in exactly the same way. What it does is the words that we speak to one another, the words the way that we speak, the manner of our speech, the way that we either lift people up or criticize or pull people down, the manner in which we speak is recorded in the spirit realm. When we tear somebody down, when we criticize, and I'm not going to unpack this for you now, but let me tell you this, the most, well, the first purpose for speech was to create. Its whole original idea intent is that a words would be one be words or have the power to create. It is the first power. I'm starting to preach a whole new message here, but it doesn't really matter. But the first power that God gave to mankind was the power to name or the power to speak. The first power he gave to mankind was to name or to bring identity. 
That is why our words are so inherently powerful. And when we speak negatively, when we speak ill will of one another, when we speak of the, have, a, have an evil, evil tongue, because our hearts have not been made right, our hearts have not been purified, that is either the, it's the spirit realm will pick it up. The Lord remembers it, and so does the demonic world. The most powerful weapon that you and I can have in our day of battle is simply this. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of the issues that you're trying to touch in my heart, Lord. In the secret place, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I got upset at this, and Lord, I'm, I'm angry inside, or Lord, I'm blockages in my heart, Lord. Help me, I don't know what to do. That's the best way. And then the other thing that you can do is stand to your feet. So Lord, I thank you today that you are with me. That your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit lives within me. Now that is the sound of a trumpet. You may be facing a battle right now. One of the first things that you can do is allow your heart to be touched purified by the Lord because there's always something in our heart that the Lord wants to deal with in our heart but then we've got to get up off our knees and start to decree the promises and the faithfulness of God when you start to do that when you build that into your life when you allow your heart to be forged when you allow your character to be shaped by sometimes the hammer when you allow people to speak and to shape your life when you allow your heart to be transformed when you allow your heart to be healed when you allow the spirit of God to move and to, and to bring and surface things into your life when you when you stay under the fire and not run away my friend that is when you start to be purified as silver and when you start to speak out of that place my goodness that is the place of authority Just closing now, whenever I come into a place of conflict, whenever I come up against a spiritual battle, that is simply all I do. Lord, is there anything in me that you need to touch? Is there anything in my heart that you're fighting? Forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Touch my heart. Heal my heart. And then I stand to my feet. Then I start to pray in tongues. Start to become aware of the presence of God flowing and working in my life. I start to put the breath. I become a conscious of His Spirit within me. I start to speak into that situation. I command you, son, to come home. I command you, daughter, to come home. See, when I go into spiritual battle, what I'm doing in my prayer time, if I'm going into spiritual battle for you, My prayer time over here can be one of warfare, but my words to you will be very soft and gentle. Simply, how you doing? Let me tell you, let me assure you that it's not just a how you're doing, it's God's put you in my heart. There's something in my heart that the Lord wants to touch on your life. Why don't you just stand to your feet? If you're watching online, just 
Wherever you are, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the ministries that you have brought to this house to work and to shape our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for your prophets. Today we respond to you, Lord, that we respond that to every area of our heart that, that needs to be healed and made whole. Father, for those that are facing a battle today, you're facing a challenge, you're going to warfare for your son, for your daughter, for your destiny. Maybe you're up against a conflict. There are people here that there's a direct attack against your character. It's not just an assault against your character. It's an assault against your destiny. The Lord is with you, sir. Allow your heart to be touched. Allow your heart to be purified. Allow the Lord to speak and to help you, to heal your heart. But then get up onto your feet. Start to pray. Start to pray like a man. Start to pray like a woman of God. Start to let the Spirit of the Lord arise in your spirit. Come on, let's start to talk to the Lord. Start to speak in tongues. Come on, if you've got a battle in front of you today, when you go to battle in your land against an enemy that oppresses you, Father, we cry out to you today. Father, we cry out to you today. Remember us today. Lord, remember your promises over our life. Remember your promises over us as a church. Remember your promises over your daughters here. Remember your promises over your sons. Today, Lord, we lift our voice to you. We open our mouth. We open our lips. We open our tongue. Remember us today, Lord. Remember us today. I'm just going to close with this. If you are in a direct battle right now, if you know darn well that you are up against something, you're believing for a son, a daughter, um, finances, if you're believing for something, I want you to come to the front right now. I'm going to stand with you in prayer. Quickly, get out of your seat and come to the front. If you are contending, if you know you are facing a battle right now, maybe it's for a loved one, maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for whatever it is. Whatever it is. Come on, just get out of your seat. God, put this word in my heart to encourage you. Father, we come before you. Father, we come before you today. Father, we thank you that your mercy is new. Father, we thank you we can come boldly before your throne today. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Jesus, I thank you that today we come before your throne boldly and confidently that your grace is sufficient, that your blood cleanses us from all sin. Father, today we lift up our voices. We say, remember us today, Lord. 
Remember the promises that you made for my boy. Remember the promises that you made for my business. Remember the promise that you made for my daughter. Remember the promise that you made for my husband, for my wife. Father, today in the name of Jesus, I stand in the, in the gap for every person that has come forward today. I stand as your, your appointed authority in this house. I stand as your pastor over this people. In the name of Jesus, I speak strength into your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I stand with you in your day of battle. Be strong today in Jesus' name. Let your heart be filled with hope and not fear today in Jesus' name. I speak to that daughter. I command you to come home today in the name of Jesus. I speak to that son. I command you to turn your heart and come back to Jesus in Jesus' name. I speak to that court case. I command it to go in your favor today in the name of Jesus. I silence that accusation today in the name of Jesus. Father, today, I call your people into the fullness of what you have for them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, come on, I can't hear you. All God's people said, is the power son, son-in-law by the name of Sam, you're going to come back to the Lord. There's a call of God upon your life. You will come back to him. Father, thank you for Sam. I pray right now, wherever you are, that your heart will be turned towards him. I speak and call you into forth as the man of God that, you've, that you're called to be in Jesus' name. Touch Jason, Lord. Touch your people today. And all God's people said, Amen. all God's people said, Amen. when you go to battle in your own land against an enemy that oppresseth you, blow the trumpet. Friend, don't forget to come tomorrow night. Come to the course. Allow your heart to be touched. Allow your heart to be transformed. Allow your heart to be purified. But then also lift up your voice like a trumpet. Call forth the blessing of God over your family and over your life, over your land today. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Have a fantastic week.